This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Hey, folks, welcome back. You're in the workplace. I'm Peter Capelli. I'm Dan O'Meara. Uh, is that kissing up music I hear? Working That's a, for the weekend. No, uh, no. Okay. Because uh, I was hoping it would be something from Kiss so that we could say it was kissing up music time. But we're going to talk about kissing up now. And we're going to talk about kissing up to your boss. And is it a good thing, a bad thing? Does it uh, waste your time? Uh, Dan, do you find that kissing up to our producer helps? What do you think? No. Um, she's not our boss, though. Oh, she's not our boss. No. <laughs> oh, she's not even listening to what we're saying right now, either. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you think kissing up's a good organizational uh, strategy for the kisser upper? Does it help the person who's kissing up? I, I think it works incredibly yeah, well, I think actually. So. <laughs> I, I think there's it. people, even lawyers, <laughs> who go into work every day just wanting people to like them. <laughs> Representing clients is a secondary thing. They want their coworkers to like them, and they, they typically do well. Yeah. But... Can I talk about two, two downsides? Okay, yeah. To kissing up, yep. And this is why we have our expert because she'll tell us for sure. One is that if you're too obvious, Eddie Haskell type kissing up, yeah. Ooh, mm-hmm. people groan. It's like yeah. ooh, get that person away from me. Right. Uh, the second is that even if you're a skilled organizational player, and you kiss up very effectively, smoothly, natural, like Michael Jordan, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. doing a layup, it just comes naturally to you. It can keep you from developing the skills, relationships, et cetera, that you need to to succeed in the long term. Then the people to whom you've kissed up are gone. Even if they're there, oh, I see. Um, right. you're better to be able to produce, to have the skills to do your job yeah. than you are having people say, ooh, sort of nice, really like that person. Yeah. Too bad they can't produce. You know, every time somebody goes in to restructure an organization, though, what they find uh, that they have to deal with are – managers who have succeeded because they've kissed up to people. And I would say personally, one of the single greatest, maybe the single greatest pathology in management is those bosses who really have a hard time listening to anything which is not sucking up. You know, I mean, you can't tell the boss the truth about things. You just have to suck up. But we know nothing about this. And the man who does is Anthony Klotz. Anthony is associate professor of management at Oregon State University. And, Anthony, not to put you too much on the spot here, but that associate professor thing may change to full professor depending on how this conversation goes. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Okay. So let me ask you, uh, first, how did you get interested in this question of uh, kissing up to your boss? Well, I was interested on looking at a daily basis how much, whether my boss was around or my boss wasn't around, that I found myself engaging in gratiation behavior. So on a daily basis, I felt like I was differing quite a bit in the image that I had to portray. And it felt like portraying an image on a daily basis um, was a decent amount of work, not real work, but something that took time away from my job. So I was curious whether others we're engaging in different levels of this ingratiation yeah. on a regular basis. So did you find, uh, were you thinking about a previous job or is this in your current job? Um, it was all actually as a, as a Ph.D. student. Oh, and yeah. Y- y- yeah. You know how it goes. You, you have different advisors that you're working with, and yeah. each of them require a little bit different version of yourself sometimes. And yeah. so the work that it takes to switch between different versions of yourself. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just sort of curious here, how does your department chair feel about your sucking up study? <laughs> 
I'm sure. I'm sure he's fine with it. Yeah, I, I bet he's. I bet he's. Uh, he's happy. But I, but I warn him there is a dark side to sucking up. So yeah. I'm trying, to, okay. trying to make him aware of that. Okay. Well, let's talk about this a little bit first. The uh, the issue. I guess uh, this is what's known as ingratiating behavior. So Dan was talking about having people like you. Uh, and sucking up is not necessarily the same thing. So tell us what sucking up m- means in psychological Correct. terms. Correct. So we were looking at sucking up or ingratiation in terms of how much do employees flatter their boss, yeah. do favors for him or her, okay. and op- opinion conformity. So changing your opinions to match your boss's opinion. And importantly, the goal of these types of behaviors is that so you appear likable. So we ingratiate and engage in these behaviors towards our boss so that he or she views us as a likable individual. Okay. Uh, Are there other ways, uh, common ways to be likable other than uh, stroking the person that you're talking to, particularly your boss? Or let me back up a little bit. What is different about the superior-subordinate relationship here as opposed to – dealing with a peer in terms of likability what's what's different well we could absolutely ingratiate towards peers and we do okay. on a regular basis or, or our spouse or uh, someone else that we want to, to like us and so it's not uncommon and it's not necessarily inauthentic either you could be giving somebody genuine compliments in okay. order for them to perceive you as likable we just often focus in our research on supervisor subordinates First, because it's, it's common that subordinates would want to gain the likability of their uh, supervisor. As you both pointed out, long-term ingratiation is associated with higher levels of career success. Oh, does? Boss, yes. Longer-term, okay. when your boss likes you, that you're more likely to get promotions and have higher levels of career success. The other reason it's somewhat interesting is because individuals in positions of power are the most likely to be suspicious of those who are ingratiating or kissing up towards them. And so there's an ingratiator's part of the reason that in our study we argued that it's likely going to be depleting to engage in a lot of ingratiation on a daily basis is because supervisors are suspicious of employees, often suspicious of employees who engage in these types of behaviors. So you're in this dilemma where you need to kiss up to somebody, but make it appear authentic. Exactly what Dan was suggesting earlier. But, Anthony, let me do the, uh, the the age test here on you. Do you know who Eddie Haskell is? Yes, <laughs> I do, from Leave it to Beaver, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, and Eddie Haskell was a guy who could completely flip his uh, approach to people when he was with those in power, particularly uh, the Cleaver family, Mr. and Mrs. Cleaver. He would suddenly become polite and uh, uh, very uh, ingratiating in his behavior. So hence the... Yeah. I'm not even sure I've ever seen a full episode of that show. Really? But he, he is known as the epitome of a shameless butt kisser. Yeah. Uh, and, Anthony, just a, a tip here. You might label this the Eddie Haskell effect. It'll go much better in terms of career uh, issues, to have something sort of memorable like that as a archetype a to think about. So uh, tell us about your study, um, first of all here. Tell us what you did in order to identify. And the question you're trying to figure out here is is kind of, okay, if you're engaged in these sucking up and gracing behaviors with your boss, uh, what are the consequences, at least to you, right? Right. And we were interested in the short-term consequences of ingratiation, so most immediate effects. And so over the course of 10 days, 
we asked uh, 75 employees on a daily basis over 10 days, how much ingratiation did you engage in today? Okay. So towards your boss, how much did you flatter him or her, and so forth. And we also measured their daily levels of energy or how depleted they felt over the course of the day. Yeah and how much they engaged in mild acts of deviance. And so slacking off a little bit, being rude to coworkers. And what we found was on days in which employees engaged in higher levels of ingratiation, they felt more depleted and therefore were more likely to slack off, to be rude to coworkers, to engage in these small levels of deviance. We found that there was this immediate negative effect of ingratiation on employees. And importantly, we found that the relationship was especially strong for individuals who have low political skill. So those who aren't very good at playing politics at work, they get very depleted by ingratiation. So you could Mm -hmm. say Eddie Eddie Haskell, very high political skill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Individuals with low political skill really struggle trying to put on the face of somebody who kisses up and pull it off. So it's just harder for them. And so it's more tiring, right? Yeah, it's, it's that attempt to appear authentic, that, that dilemma that I was talking about earlier, mm. um, can be really depleting for those who don't want to play office politics, who aren't as socially astute, who don't enjoy networking, playing the politics game. Yeah. Uh, let's ask, uh, turn to our listeners here a little bit, get their perspective on this. So, folks, here's our number again, one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six or one eight 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 wharton There's an H in Wharton. Uh, And what we'd like to do is hear about your experience with people around you or maybe yourself sucking up to the boss. What do you notice the consequences are for this? And if you have any great examples of uh, somebody sucking up to a boss, that would be fabulous to hear how they work. Um, So anyway, give us a call. And if you're listening on Thursday, we're live. So you will get through and we can talk to you about this. Um, Anthony, I'm, I'm wondering... Uh, about uh, maybe a little bit more about your your study. It's tiring. It takes time for sure uh, to think about how to suck up to the boss appropriately, right? Because uh, you can't just say the same thing every day. That seems inauthentic. So, you know, you probably have to spend some time doing this. So time-wise, it takes time away from other things. Probably not an enormous amount of time, though. So where do you think, in terms of people's heads, the negative consequences are from this sucking up? Well, I, I think there's um, two places, and, and one that we identified in our study was just, yeah, and, and what you're talking about is it takes some effort, and you're afraid of going overboard, perhaps uh, doing too much of it, being found out uh, by your boss that you're just being nice to him or her for for, for selfish reasons. Yep. So there's that concern. And I also think even though we didn't look at it in this study, most of us know that we're in, when we're engaging in these behaviors and sucking up to our boss, we'd prefer our coworkers didn't see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coworkers tend mm-hmm. not to respond very positively uh, to their peers who are engaging in these types of sucking up behaviors because yeah. there's, there's the perception that that person's getting an unfair advantage. They're going right. to get, be liked by the boss, yeah. not because they're a good performer, but because, yeah, they're... They're an ingratiator. Yeah, so you're paying a kind of peer price, right? Uh, a social price uh, by doing this? Yes, and, and there's not a lot of research that, that has looked at the um, coworker effects of ingratiation, but there's a few people working on it now. But just for anecdotally, or if you think back to the your peers who were labeled the teacher's pet 
yeah. back in grade school, there right. is a social price to pay. Yeah, that's called the brown nosing for a reason, right? That's not a, <laughs> a that's not a term of endearment, uh, yes. right, yes. for people. So, I imagine that's right. Uh, do you think it does something to your own? Head. I mean, this is kind of almost like lying, right? So you're talking about things that, and you're saying things that really aren't true about your boss. You're making some effort to do it. Is there something else going on here too? I I, th- I believe it can be stressful, and I think it's particularly true. So if you have multiple superiors who maybe don't all get along. And so when you're trying to keep things straight in terms of ingratiating towards one superior, but then maybe your superior's boss, you're also ingratiating towards her, even though those two don't Mm. get along. Mm -hmm. I I think trying to keep the more different images and the, the more inauthentic images you portray, the harder it is to keep those straight Say when everybody's in a meeting together uh, or, or something like that. And it, I think it yeah. can be pretty stressful. Great point. Who do you suck up to, right? Yeah, yes. great point. Folks, here's our number again, one 844 942 or 1-844-WHARTON. There's an H in Wharton. If you're listening on Thursday, we're live. We'd like to know what your experience is either doing it or watching other people suck up. What are the negative consequences of this, and if you've got any good examples you've seen of this, maybe examples that kind of backfire, uh, that would be a great thing to hear. And if you're listening on Thursday, we're live, so give us a call, and um, we'll get your sense of this. So, Anthony, did you, when you were doing this research, um, maybe from these folks or from other folks, uh, did you see any particularly surprising examples of what people were doing to suck up to the boss? What was the range of things that you heard? Well, we were using existing scales to measure okay. uh, ingratiation yeah. on the survey. So we were asking, like I said, about um, opinion, conformity, and flattery, and favor doing, and so forth. Okay. But as you see, you know, in the workplace, employees are pretty creative in terms of how they ingratiate. And a lot of it has to do with finding common interests with the boss. Okay. So you find yourself saying, oh my gosh, my boss is really into photography. I'm not really into photography, but you invest the effort into doing a little research on it so that you can make that connection uh, with him or her. Mm-hmm. And so a, a lot of it does you know, sort of go out of the way to try to build those bridges between, uh, between you and your boss. What do you think is, is worse in terms of the effects on you? And, and, and maybe before I get to that one, let me ask you about this deviance behavior connection, right? So the more... Uh, flattery, more sucking up you do to the boss, more likely people were to kind of act out. So what's going on there, you think? Yeah, so we found that as you ingratiate, as, as you suck up towards your boss, it takes a toll. And, and Dan probably, Dan mentioned it at the beginning, part of the toll comes from when you're doing these ingratiation behaviors, you're not doing your normal job, which should be what gets you ahead in the workplace. Yeah. And so it can leave you at the end of the day where maybe you didn't get as much done as you would hope to do, which is stressful. And when we as employees are in situations where we feel a little bit depleted, we're more likely to give in the, to the temptation to be rude or to slack off when the oh. opportunity presents itself. Oh, so you think it's it's kind of worn out rather than acting out? Yes. Well, yeah, absolutely. To, to clarify my thoughts, I I think the one of the downsides to kissing up uh, is that because you have the favor of the boss, you don't quite work as hard. You don't develop yourself as much. 
you know, if you're in a sales job, you don't develop the customer relationships, et cetera. That, that's, that's the twist on that, I was thinking. Right, so of. you're relying on sucking up to keep your position and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, rather than developing your skills, your network, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. I see, okay, I see what you're talking okay. about. That, that hasn't been looked at in the literature. That's, a, that's an interesting theory. That's a good question. So just cite Dan, I'm just, Dan O'Meara on that. I will. As, yeah. as a uh, veteran of the legal profession, that's what I've been able <laughs> that, to observe. Veteran of observing, sucking yeah. up? Yeah, yes. veteran observer of sucking up. Uh, yeah, well, for sure, I think we've all run into those uh, people, right, who you wonder how the heck did they ever get this job? How the heck did they ever keep this job? Um, and the reason is they are really, really good at ingratiating themselves with people in power. Uh, so Jimmy's calling from North Carolina and um, got an interesting question here. Jimmy, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking uh, that I love the, the work that John Maxwell does. And he talks about, uh, you know, the key to good communicating is not just talking, but try to connect. Okay. So how do you know, you know, that you, uh, how do you know when you're connecting and not just sucking up? Because mm. I am in the connecting business, but because I like to find out things about people and uh, so that I can have something in common with them. But yeah. when when does that morph into sucking up? Uh, um it, that's my question. Yeah. So, Jimmy, let me ask you a little bit about this. If you think about something like sales or a function like that where you're trying to – you have to kind of make a connection if you're going to sell, right? Uh, right. And uh, do you feel in those contexts that people are sucking up to the client? Um, uh, I think uh, from all my experience in selling is that what we try to do is try to find out uh, a motive for that buyer you know, what is a need that that buyer really wants? I was an Army recruiter for a long time. Okay. And um, just trying to get somebody to uh, commit to an intangible thing like a couple of years in the military, I had to walk a fine line between making somebody enlist but finding a reason for them to enlist. Okay. And, uh, you know, and to do that, I had to find out as much as I can about them but do it in an authentic way. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And in my experience in, in working with people, I try to be authentic um, but sometimes maybe I was sucking up instead of just trying to make connection. I don't. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's tough for me right now to figure that out. Yeah, Anthony, what do you what do you think? Can you help us with this one? Well, I, I think he's hitting the nail on the head by talking about authenticity. So it's, yeah. it's about checking in with yourself and and being honest in terms of am I being authentic or am I being inauthentic and, and trying to walk the staying on the authentic side of the equation. At, at the same time, I would say most of us enjoy being on the receiving end of ingratiation. Sure. I don't yeah. I don't mind when people do favors for me and flatter me. And and so even if you dip over into the inauthentic side a little bit, there's a good chance you're making that other person feel good. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing mm -hmm. as long as, you know, as long as the dealings are generally speaking um on the up and up and authentic. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Jimmy, my sense, but you tell me what you think, is that it's quite a different exercise when we're talking about your boss versus a peer or or somebody else, right? When you're ingratiating yourself with somebody who has power over you, um, I think, for example, that's when your peers would get irritated. I don't think your fellow salespeople would get irritated if you are uh, ingratiating yourself to a client, for example. I don't think they're going to care about that. Uh, but with a boss, with these power relationships, I think that's where things really seem to be different. Yeah, but following up on Jimmy's point, doesn't everybody, don't all of us try to get along with the boss, try to have a good relationship with the boss, try to mm. have a good relationship with people above the, 
the the structure in you, maybe try to have a good relationship with everybody around you. Yeah. Is that sucking up? I would say no. Um, sucking up, maybe it's I know it when I see it, but one one aspect of it is saying things you really don't believe. Yeah. There you go. Jimmy, how's that sound to you, that it's the inauthenticity that is the issue here? What do you think? I think that is correct. And by the way, that uh, for 24 years in the Army, that big word, uh, the brown noser, we always looked out for that for that person. So yep. Um, yep. I've had both experiences of, of, uh, of being around that guy. Thanks a lot, guys. Great yeah. Thanks. Good. I appreciate it. Good. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, Anthony, let me let me ask you so we could drill down on that a little bit. So getting along with people does require finding points of contact, right? So we tend to like people more when they're more similar to us, right? Correct. So yeah. that but nobody would say that that is ingratiating yourself, right? If you are working to try to figure out what you might have in common with people, right? No, that doesn't sound like ingratiation, right? No, no, it doesn't. I mean, it sounds Close, but definitely not the same thing. Okay. So the ingratiation definition then sort of starts to move toward flattery. Uh, flattery sounds like it's almost always ingratiating, it seems to me. Yes, yes. But I, I, would, also, I would say that there can be um, authentic flattery as well in terms of if you really like your boss's shirt, making the point to point it out that you like his or her shirt. Yeah. Would be ingratiation, but not necessarily um, disingenuous. Right. Uh, and if you, some people obviously have a personality which is more inclined toward ingratiation. Yes. Um, there's a personality trait called self-monitoring, and people often refer to it as a social chameleon. Oh. And and it's the extent to which you can read the situation that you're in and change who you are to suit that situation. And okay. so that doesn't only speak to ingratiation. But these individuals would argue, I have multiple sides to myself, and so I'm not being inauthentic when you see different versions of me, when I go home versus when I'm at work versus uh, so on and so forth. But others are low Mm self-monitors, and you get the same version of that person no matter what. Mm -hmm. So these low self-monitors may have trouble connecting with a boss because they're being totally authentic, whereas a a self High self-monitor changes who they are, still feels like they're being authentic, but gets along better with the boss. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, And if you're a low uh, self-monitoring person, what kind of advice would you give people about how to get along with other folks? I think the the main advice, or maybe what some of the research would suggest, is don't try to play politics if you are not necessarily set up to do it. Okay. So I, I think being yourself and getting to know yourself in situations probably where you should be quiet. And, uh, you know, if it was me, I would probably let my, if I have a new boss, let him or her know that, hey, you're going to get the same version of me no matter what. I don't mm-hmm. want you to take that as not being a team player. Uh, it's just who I am. Yeah, so you kind of cue them as to, um, the fact that they shouldn't expect a lot of sucking up from you because you just don't do it very well. Yep. <laughs> I yeah, suppose absolutely. that. I suppose that's right. Uh, Anthony, before we let you go, uh, what are you working on next? Where do you see this going? And as we, as we always say in job interviews, if you could design your own study, what do you want to study next? 
Well, there are other, so, so ingratiation is a type of impression management tactic. So okay. in the workplace, these behaviors we engage in to create a certain image of ourselves. And so there's other impression management tactics. Um, one that I'm interested in would be, it's called exemplification, but it's just going above and beyond to appear dedicated. So maybe I'll send my dean an email at 1 a.m. so that she realizes I'm working all the time. Yeah. And, I'm doing it just for impression management reasons. Okay. So moving on to these other tactics that we use and trying to understand both the pros and the cons for the employees, the organization, and the coworkers of using them. Yeah, so it's uh, my guess is for most of these things, um, the cons to the individual are, are probably pretty clear, right? It takes time, it takes energy, it's depleting, all that kind of stuff. And so the question, I suppose, is trying to figure out in part which ones hurt you the most and which ones do the most benefit for you, I suppose, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and one that we know, we call it self-promoting, but it's just bragging about yourself, yeah. is, is almost universally bad. And we still can't resist doing it in the yeah. workplace, yeah. bragging about ourselves, but mm-hmm. it, it never comes off well. Yeah, oh, that's a good tip. Anthony, we should probably let you go. Thanks very much for being with us. Anthony Klotz is Associate Professor of Management. But after this interview, Anthony, possibly Professor of Management at Oregon State University. His study is Kissing Up to Your Boss. Uh, I think we are about to zip out of here, as I hear from the music chiming away. But we will be back next week, at least as far as I know. In the workplace. In the workplace. We'll see you guys next week. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.